Welcome to the Recession Proof Real Estate Investing Podcast. Join your host, Sam Newell, as he educates you on how to make profitable, low-risk real estate investments that will cash flow through any economy. Hear interviews with the top real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the country to find out what they've learned and implemented since the 2008 recession. With over 10 years in real estate investing, it has become Sam's goal to help others invest for double-digit returns, but to also stay safe and not get caught in the next downturn. Tune in and become recession-proof. Thank you for jumping on the mini podcast this morning. How are your girls doing, like, not going to school and just basically sitting at home? You know, they're doing great. They are 12 and 9, so they can pretty much entertain themselves. They actually don't want me to entertain them (laughs) because they don't want to do what I tell them to do. Okay. Um, So I am grateful they're a little older. I know you have little ones at home, so that would be a a lot tougher. Yeah, the two-year-olds feeling cooped up, screaming and yelling. The six-year-olds getting tired of the two-year-old, and it's it's getting a little little hectic. But yeah, yesterday we we had Heidi's first kind of tantrum. I've never seen her throw a tantrum before, and she got punished because she smacked her little brother in the face. We made her go to bed at 6 p.m. She had to lay in bed until she fell asleep, and she didn't like that. So she was screaming. I took a video so I can blackmail her when she's older with it, and because <laughs> she was she was screaming like but crazy. It was first a- tantrum, six year old. You can call that a win. Yeah, first tantrum. But when she's six, you lucky. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about Cincinnati, the deal that we're working on. But first. Before we talk about that and and kind of why we're excited about um, being a little bit more recession-proof than others, tell me what's going on with your real estate company. I mean, I know you guys are very, very well-backed, and I don't know, just tell me what's going on with you guys, and I know there's other companies in the area laying people off and, and struggling. Yeah. So I'm in Silicon Valley, San Jose, Santa Clara County, right? So I'm part of Intero Real Estate, which is backed by Berkshire Hathaway. So right. first of all, we have a really strong company that's backing us. Yeah. Plus, you know, Intero has always been doing a good job uh, supporting agents and clients. So we're full service. That means we have a legal department. And, and the legal department from day one of the shelter in place, you know, we have like numerous Zoom calls talking about what are the agents supposed to do, what we can and cannot do to protect our clients during this time. Right. So I think the strength of the company really shows during uh, a crisis that we're having right now. And Sam and I, we talked a lot about investments and we always looked at, I mean, we're not planning for the worst case scenario, but we need to be prepared for it. That's kind of how I operate. Of course, we are positive people. We're optimistic on a lot of things. But, you know, if the bottom fell fell out, like what are we going to do? Do we have the contingency plan in place? So that's why I thought it would be great that I check in with you regarding the uh, Mount Airy projects that we are looking uh, going to close pretty soon. And like, let's just look at the numbers right now and see yeah. what, how, how are they looking. Let me share in, my screen. So, so far, April was really, really good for collections. I don't think most people were really hit too hard. So if you look at this deal, we're buying it for 15 million. And right here where it says operating capital, any deal that we do, we have to have minimum three months. We like to have six months of expenses 
paid up front. So basically this goes into a bank account and if anything happens, we can still pay our mortgage, all of our employees, all of the utility bills, all of the expenses will be paid out of this operating capital budget. So that's really, really important right now because guess what? People aren't paying rent. And if mm -hmm. you don't have an operating capital budget as an operator or a property owner, you could be in serious, serious trouble. So one thing Grant Cardone just did is he just suspended all distributions to his investors. A lot of people are very angry about it or really frustrated. Here's the thing that you have to remember, the PREF still accrues. So it's not like he's not going to pay him. The preferred return or the return that he's told his investors he's going to give them is still accruing and he still has to pay them that money. What he's doing is he's making sure that this operating capital budget is big enough to weather a crazy, crazy storm. What if coronavirus shutdown lasts another three months? That would absolutely decimate most property owners, just absolutely destroy their, their ability to pay the mortgage. And guess what? Mortgage forgiveness is not that good of a deal. So there's, you know, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, they're saying that they'll do mortgage forgiveness or, you know, deferment. And it's really not that great of a deal. I wouldn't do it. And all the operators I've spoken to have, want nothing to do with it because you owe a big lump sum after a few months of deferment and you will be a jaded and marked investor for the rest of your life because they will remember and it will show that you had to defer your mortgage. So this one is the offering memorandum that you're showing us. So that's the literature that they put out when you go to a syndicator and they have a project, right? So this is the offering memorandum. Yeah. So this one is what question we to present to our investors. So, you know, minimum investment, hundred thousand, this one, the preferred return was 8%. So that's what you get every year, 8%. And it accrues. If I can't pay you 8% this year, then I've got to pay you 8% plus whatever I didn't pay you this year, the following year. And then after okay. the 8%, any money left over is a 50-50 split between us, the operators, and the investors. So that's kind of a quick and dirty so you can understand what we're looking at. And, and Grant Cardone and all these other operators are very, very similar. He offers, I think, a five pref or a six pref on most of his deals. Okay. So the number, the page you were showing us before is showing the 600000 It's a six-month six month working capital. Right. Right. And yep. so how do I know what is the actual, do they show what's the actual? And so I know that it is a six months, it's not a two months or three months. Like you have to kind of do the yeah. math and know how to read this and do the math yourself. Yeah, right? so th that's why I jumped to our projected P&L. You can mm -hmm. actually look and see what our expenses are at for a year. So we're at mm -hmm. 1.2 million for a year. Mm -hmm. And so if you divide that by 12, that's you know, a hundred thousand a month. So we actually okay. have a little bit less than six months built up because our debt service, the mortgage is also about 50,000 a month. So total we're about 150,000 a month. So that puts us at four months of working capital on this deal. However, mm -hmm. we also have a CapEx reserve. So every year we put an extra $70,000 into a different slush fund account or a different reserve account capex is capital expenditures and that's for any type of repairs that we need to put in the property well guess what we can draw on that as well and if you go down to this page 
And this is why value add deals are so much lower risk, by the way, because when we close, oops, went the wrong way. When we close, we have a huge amount of money set aside up front. So if you add our capital improvement budget to our operating capital budget, we have $2.3 million set aside at closing to operate mm -hmm. this building, to do mm -hmm. all the repairs, to pay the mortgage if we can't pay the mortgage, to mm -hmm. pay the expenses. So mm -hmm. to me, that's extremely low risk. When you buy other assets, like an A-class asset where you're not doing capital improvements, you don't have a rehab plan, maybe you only raise a tiny bit of money for this operating capital, you have way less wiggle room and that's higher mm -hmm. risk. And mm -hmm. I don't know, that, that just scares me and that's why I haven't targeted A-class assets or D-class assets that are just in the ghetto and no one's paying rent. I wanna be right in the middle with a mm -hmm. very healthy operating capital budget, a very healthy CapEx reserve budget, a very healthy capital improvement budget so that you and my other investors just don't have the risk that they would on, on other properties. Yeah. Yeah. Good to know because sometimes you get an offering memorandum and how do you read it? How do you read it intelligently? It's a very, because you are investing a lot of money and unfortunately yeah. some of these, you know, uh, uh, syndicator, they're very good salespeople. They can sell you anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's why how I operate normally is to like, okay, what are the numbers and do comparison and know how to read it and the hidden math that you need to know how to do when reading a package like this. Yeah. And, and so there's a couple big no-nos. What a lot of operators say is they're going to fund the capital improvements from the cash flow. Mm -hmm. That is a very big problem. Because if you have down units, if, if you have a cash flow issue, you can't rehab those units. You can't get renters in there. And so then you're stuck between a rock and a hard place of you can't rent the units, but you need more cash flow. And so a lot of people get into some serious trouble trying to fund those improvements, those capital improvements, the rehab just from cash flow. So that's why at closing, we're 100% funded for our capital improvement budget and we're hundred percent funded for our operating capital budget. And then because mm -hmm. we already have that money set aside, then we start adding even more every single year to the CapEx reserve budget. So if, mm -hmm. if an operator is not willing to share their plan and it, it is in the PPM, so the private placement memorandum, it will be in mm -hmm. there. It will be hundred pages and hard to read, but I would ask them to show it to you where it is in the PPM. There's investors right now slamming Grant Cardone saying, he didn't tell me about this. He changed this. He changed this. And in reality, they had to read and then sign a PPM that explains exactly what they're complaining about. So the real fact is they didn't read the PPM or they didn't know where to look for it in the PPM. I would say most investors don't even read it though. They trust what they're being told. They try to remember, they remember differently. So there's actually a guy I know personally that's just doing video after video, how angry he is at Grant Cardone. And I've read the PPMs. I've read Grant's PPMs. I know exactly what's in there. And this guy is totally wrong. So that's why I want Grant on my podcast is to help him or have him help explain what he's doing because I don't think he's in trouble. I think he's doing some very drastic measures that have some people very scared, but I'm guessing 
everything he's doing is spelled out in his PPM. Investors will still get paid. I just don't think most people understand what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it is important to know how to read this. A hundred page of financial statement. It's not yeah. people who are not in a, being a CPA or in the financial industry would know how to read. Unless right? you're a syndication attorney, you're not going to know where to look in that hundred page PPM. So I would say talk to either a syndication attorney, have him point it out, or yeah. talk to someone like you or me who's read a bunch of these and we can help you look at it. And I'm not an attorney, but happy to help. But we've read enough. So we know what to look for and we have people to go to if we like the attorneys and mentors to go to and say, okay, what is the right number for that particular geolocation? You yep. know, uh, an apartment in the Midwest may not operate in the same kind of amount of money that in somewhere else, right? In the, in the, in the West Coast or something. So what is the right number? And the reserve is, you know, mm -hmm. the areas with tornadoes, areas with earthquake, like what are the emergency funds? you have to right. put in place which for... we've used we so it's yeah. funny you mentioned that one of our property was destroyed by a tornado last year and oh. guess what that money was used for it was used to put the tenants up in hotels because their homes mm -hmm. were destroyed insurance isn't yeah. going to get you your money that fast so if you don't have money set aside to take care of tenants then you've got 200 homeless people that are really your responsibility that you can't pay for and right. no one wants to be in that situation or the Dallas one that we were working on the it wasn't a tornado it was a windstorm like half the roof blew off we had to put those people in hotels which we paid for out of pocket and then start the repairs immediately while we yeah. fought with the insurance company they wanted to give us 50,000 after a couple of months of fighting they ended up giving us a million dollars cuz that's what the budget was to re replace the roof but in the meantime we yeah. needed that money to pay for those items and take care of the tenants yeah having the investors interest in mind is important but like you said we're dealing with families with kids that this is their home and we need to do the right thing right. Uh, when something happens to make sure they're taken care of as well that's more important you know i it's you do important. the right thing by both parties you know you can do the right thing by the investors and by the tenants and by mm -hmm. yourself it's there's no win-lose scenario for us in any of these deals, it's always a win, win, win. And we yeah. do it right. Everyone's happy and, and we're doing a good job. That's right. That's right. So, okay. So let me just summarize what I, what we talked about and what I wanted, uh, we wanted to let the viewers know is, you know, know what uh, class uh, of category of uh, property you investing in, right? So mm -hmm. value add is better than a class because of the capital, you have a little bit more money hopefully you raise enough money right. and not from operating income to do the uh, renovation so you at least have some more money raised. more wiggle room yes when you purchase the deal right and yep. then also need to look at what's the total expense for the month and divide it by the capital reserve yep. uh, that is being raised and kept and that's your rainy day funds when something happens absolutely that's huge make sure you look at the PL. Make sure you look at the pro forma and there's a capex reserve there's a that's for capital improvements in the future that you may need and there's an operating capital budget that you need to know if they're raising that up front or if they're planning on funding that from cash flow we always raise it up front because mount airy we're closing in seven seven days about and guess what we're closing during coronavirus we need to make sure we have that money funded up front and ready to go yeah that's great great info. Thank you.
Cool, Grace. Well, thanks for uh, jumping on with me again today. Thank you, though. This is very good information. Awesome.